We'll read the scripture together this morning. We'll be in Exodus 20, 1 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a black pew Bible in front of you. We can read it together as a church family. We'll be on page 72 of the Black Pew Bible. Read along with me. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Exodus chapter 20, we... We're in the third, at the third commandment. Pastor Bryn McPhail, he's a Presbyterian pastor. He tells a story about a lawyer, and his name was Odd. And as you can imagine, Odd took quite a, a lot of joking from his colleagues and even some of his clients about his name. And he really got tired of people making fun, and so he wrote up his last will and testament and in that will he gave specific instructions for his family to leave his name off of his tombstone he said he had enough trouble in life with his name he didn't want to have to deal with that in death I'm not sure what he was thinking about there but this is what he had inscribed on his tombstone here lives an honest lawyer well that's kind of interesting there in itself isn't it here lies an honest lawyer. And so, Odd passed away. People would walk through the cemetery and they would see his tombstone and read the inscription and they would often say, well, isn't that odd? Yeah. Yeah. Our names are important, aren't they? Aren't they Kevin Boozer? Kevin Boozer is a, is a Razorback, Arkansas Razorback fan. Did get whooped yesterday, but man, you're looking good. I've watched two of their games this year, and I just really like the way they play. They have a good coach, but they have the reason I bring that up is because they have a, a, a linebacker, and his name is Bumper Pool. I'm not joking, Bumper Pool. That's his name. 
And he is a player. I like him. He plays hard. He's a linebacker. He plays well. But his, his name's Bumper Pool. But it's interesting. You know, that would only happen in Arkansas, too. It don't happen anywhere else. Only in Arkansas, right? But names are important. And if I told you that your name came up in conversation, what would you ask? If I said, yeah, your name came up in conversation, I was talking, about, talking with somebody and they, they brought up your name, then what would you say? What would they say? Yeah. You want to know, right? If I told you that your, your name came up in a group text or a chat, you'd want to know, well, what, why'd my name come up? What was said? Or, or if I was on a blog that I read regularly and, and I said, I, your name was mentioned on this blog, this friend of ours blog, again, you would want to know what was said and you would find yourself going to the blog and reading it for yourself. Why is that? Because names are significant. And behind our names are our identity, a reputation, a, a character. So when I mention a name, I told you when I was overseas, I, would, I, would, I was a teacher, and these Chinese students would have, they would choose English names. And so one student said his name was Benedict. And I was like, nah, you can't have that name. He didn't know why. I said, well, because Benedict Arnold, that's, there's a, something behind the name, right? There's a, a character uh, that you remember. If I said the name Michael Jordan, you automatically think of something, right? Basketball player, right? There's something behind a name. Well, God's name is I Am, the great I Am. In Exodus chapter 3, when God called Moses to go to Egypt, to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, he communicated something to him. Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And that I am, he is the great I am. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. That is his covenantal name that Israel was to use for God. And as we've studied that months ago, it's a little bit ambiguous, but at least it points to God's immensity. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. It speaks to God's self-existence, right? His, his, that he is autonomous, that he is sovereign, that he is self-sufficient. God's name makes a statement about his nature. It comes with a personality. It comes with a reputation. In Psalm 111, verse 9, He sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. Our names are important to us. It speaks about who we are, about our character, our personality, our reputation. And if names are important to us, how much more is God's name important to him? And if God's name is important to him, it should be important to us. In fact, the scribes, when they're copying the scriptures, they didn't have the printing press, so when they're copying the Old Testament scriptures, when they came to the covenant name of God, and in your Bible it's capital L-O-R-D, all in caps, right? That's Yahweh, Jehovah the covenant name of God. When they came to that name, what would they do? Do you remember? They would stop writing. They would wash, right? They would change pens. 
They would write the name of God, and then after they write the name of God, they would throw the pen away so it could never be used to write another word. God's name was really important to those scribes. And even today, there's Orthodox Jews. They won't say the name Yahweh or Jehovah. Instead, they substitute Adonai, capital L, and then lowercase o-r-d, Adonai, for the Lord's name. Today, I, you know, we've lost so much respect for God's glorious name. We often use it in vain. But when we use God's name, it's to be in a manner consistent with His character. We're to hold His name in reverence and awe. We're to respect it and to worship Him. We I mean, think about God saved Israel out of Egypt. Why did He save them? It wasn't for their own sake, right? It was for His name's sake. So the nations would glorify His name. So they are forbidden from taking the Lord's name in vain. And sometimes through the actions of the Israelites, their disobedience, his name would be blasphemed. Their disobedience would cause their neighbors, the pagan nations, to chastise, bring about chastisement on their lives. The neighboring nations would ridicule not only Israel, but also their God. In fact, Romans chapter 2, when Paul is addressing the Jews talking about their sinful state. He says, You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. And what's the result? For as is written, the name of God is blaspheming among the Gentiles because of you. God's name is really important to him. And so in the third commandment, we're told not to take the Lord's name in vain. And, and, and we got here, we're on the third commandment, and the first commandment is what? Do you remember? And you got to do this. We're going to remember these as we go, kind of memorize them as we go. You can review this in your small groups. But the first one, he's put up the number one, and it's just one God, right? Worship God only. Don't worship any other God. And the second commandment is what? Yeah, don't carve any idols, right? You have to do it like this, Brent. And that's how, how you're going to remember it. But trust me, you got to do the thing or you won't remember it, Kayra. One God, don't make any idols, right? And the third one, the third command is... is don't take the Lord's name in vain. you, you got to do it because you won't remember it. Eddie, you're not going to remember this. All right? And you think, well, why do I need to know them in order? Because ignorance isn't a virtue. We don't have to be, you know, ignorant. In the, it, being ignorant isn't a good thing. We need to memorize these things in order. And by the time we finish, we'll have them. One God, don't carve any idols. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Right? Um, so what's prohibited in this commandment? What's prohibited here? The first thing that we we know that it, it we know that's prohibited is this foul mouth profanity that you hear sometimes come out of people's mouth. That's kind of a given, right? And it's much more than that, but just the, the profanity that comes out of people's mouth when they put uh, say God's name with a cuss word, right? And what what happens now is is young people uh, they'll they'll text and, it, and and so what they do is O M G. All caps, right? OMG stands for what? The oh my God, right? That's what they, they text that. So what are they doing? They're just flippantly using, the, it's kind of like a seemingly harmless, right? But without realizing they're flippantly using God's name. They're using God's name in vain. 
put God's name and put a cuss word with it. Of course, that's a given, right? But then sometimes we're just flippantly using, OMG, what are you doing? Why, why would you do that? One way, just foul mouth profanity. That's a given. That's, we, we already know that. And sometimes people, when they read the third commandment, they think that's just what it is. I can't say GD. I can't take OMG. And then I'm okay. But I, I think it's broader than that. I think Another thing I think, another way that's prohibited, I think, is using God's name to promote ourselves while devaluing God. And what I mean by that is when somebody says, they say, I swear to God, or I promise to God. Now, what are they doing when they do that? Usually they're doing that because they're, they're a liar and people don't trust them, so they have to do something to make someone trust them, right? But that, what they're doing is they're using their name to validate themselves. Or we might say, so help me God. If you do that again, so help me God, I'm going to wear you out. You've already threatened that ten times already and your children don't believe you, right? So help me God. Just using his name frivolously, right? Throwing his name out there on a whim to make ourselves look good, to make ourselves more trustworthy. But what does it do for the Lord? belittles him, devalues his name. And when you use the name flip it like that, it's almost like, uh, and you're doing it for your advantage, it's almost like you're forging his name, right? If you're going to write his name, you're using his name illegitimately. And that's really what's happening. You're using his name illegitimately. Or another way I think you use God's name to promote yourselves while at the same time devaluing God is when we say things like this. You know, I, God told me to do this, or the Lord wants me to do something. Now, unless you're saying the Lord wants me to do Scripture, we just have to be real careful how we throw that around. We do that a lot of times to promote our own cause. Well, I just the Lord has told me this is what I need to do. Well, is it in Scripture? How did he tell you? For instance, I've had this happen many times. People in my office, a friend of mine, he's a friend of mine. He came to my office and he wanted, he wanted to know my thoughts on his dilemma. He's in, a, he's, had a, had a, he's in a tough spot. He's married. This is his third wife. And he's saying, man, I think maybe I, I need to get out of this thing. And so what I did is I just opened up the scriptures and I showed him. There's, he, he told me the background, the trouble he was having. Well, he didn't have any reason to leave his spouse. And so I, Matthew 19, 9, I just read it to him and said, no, God's not wanting you to leave your spouse. 100%, I'm 100% positive. I'm sure God's not doing that. Because this is what the scripture says. But he says, but I've been praying. And I feel like God's leading me to get out of this situation. So what's he doing? He's using God's name in a wrong way to get what he wants. He's just sick of his old lady. That's what he eventually said, right? That's what I'm sorry, brother. Let's pray and... 
Hang in there. Using, he's using God's name in vain. Promote his cause. But what does it do? It just devalues God. Belittles him. So there's foul-mouthed profanity. There's using God's name to promote ourselves, right? And then thirdly, there's this divine name dropping. Let me explain what I mean by that. I think when I give this example, you'll understand. It was January 30th, 2014, at a Planned Parenthood's National Conference. Now, I'm going to stop right there. We had a confidential care banquet this week, and we had a group of our people. We had some people who had, who had tables, who had bought tables, and um, it was a fundraiser for this wonderful ministry and that we're a part of, that we're partnered with. And then we had 15 of us that went down to, to serve, and it was just a great, wonderful night. Thank all of you that participated in that. But it was a really sweet, sweet time. Um, so I'm really thankful for all of you that went. All right, back to this Planned Parenthood National Conference. President Obama was there in attendance, and he addressed the organization, and he... Um, applauded the work of this organization and he tells a story of Joyce she couldn't afford health care at any, any other place but she could afford it at the local Planned Parenthood clinic and at one of her exams the doctor was able to catch her cervical cancer which saved her life and we applaud that that's wonderful and he goes on to applaud their efforts because the lives they have saved and the families they have strengthened I'm not kidding he said it I'll send you the transcript. I've got a copy. I'll send it to you. Send me a text. I'll send it to you. You can read that. He, he applauded their efforts because they save lives and they've uh, strengthened families. Exact, exactly what he said. And he goes on to say this. I'll read it to you. As long as we've got to fight to make sure women have access to quality, affordable health care, and as long as we've got to fight to protect a woman's right to make her own choices about her own health, I want you to know that you've also got a president who's going to be right there with you fighting every step of the way. And he sure did. He fought it. Fought for sure. And then he concludes, thank you, Planned Parenthood. And here's, God bless you. God bless America. So President Obama, he associated God's name with aborting babies. Like God is happy that you're taking innocent lives. So what's he doing there? He's divine name dropping. taking the Lord's name in vain. Make sense? thought maybe that example might help a little bit. Another way, I think, or another prohibition this commandment entails is hypocrisy. Another example here, maybe help you understand this, professional athletes. I love, I love college football and um, professional athletes. And we're always, as Christians, aren't we, we're always wanting, hoping that there's going to be a professional athlete, somebody that's just awesome at basketball or football or whatever, but at the same time love Jesus. You're just really pining for it, aren't we? And so we just hope that somebody would, would you know, be, have integrity and, and, and be a good example for the world and, and have a chance to have a platform to speak uh, for God. And, and someone will win a game, make an incredible play, and they put a microphone in their face. They always do at the end of the game. And they say, well, first of all, I just want to thank God who made this all possible. And you're like, 
oh my goodness, this is awesome. He's talking about the Lord. Or if they ever say Jesus, they usually just say that. Very seldom. They say, man, I like thank my Savior Jesus Christ. And you're like, my goodness, he said Jesus. And they got the, and it's on, I mean, it's right after everybody, you know, millions of people watching this ball game, and he's got the microphone right there. And he just goes on about the play, blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking, you're just pining for somebody to say something good about the Lord and has, you know, you know, do some good for Jesus here. And he says this, and it, you know, like I said, first glance, you're thinking, that's a really good thing. But then you're, then you, all of a sudden you recollect, this guy's immoral. Foul mouth, immoral, terrible character. Now, there are a few athletes that love the Lord, a good character and good role models, and they say something about the Lord, and, you know, it's good. But you have so many people, yeah, it's like, thank the Lord for making all this possible. And then they talk about how good they played and whatever, blah, 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 blah. If we claim to be followers of God and then live lives like we're not, then what are we doing? We're taking his name in vain. We're making his name empty, belittling his name. And it doesn't have to be an athlete. Maybe it's a famous actor, actress, whatever. But their lives, if they demonstrate by their lifestyle that they... Sometimes they do that and they, they don't need to associate themselves with the Lord. Right? When they do, they're taking their God's name in vain, misusing God's name. Turn with me real quickly to Acts chapter 19. Give an example of a couple of boys that took God's name in vain and Live to regret it. Acts 19. A cool story. The, the, the Bible is just really is wonderful literature. We ought to read it more, guys, gals. We really should. This is great reading. This is fun, great story right here. Gil, you with me? You reading? Acts 16. I mean, Acts 19. I'm sorry. Acts 19, verse 11 through 20. Paul... Uh, God was using Paul in incredible ways. It's on his third missionary journey. And there's the sons of the high priest. And his name was Sceva. No, I don't know. Hebrew form of Skeeter, maybe. I don't know. I don't understand the name. Somebody look that up. Some of you got look that up and let's get back to me on that. What's that all about? Um, but... The, God's doing incredible things, miraculous things through Paul. And so what these, these the sons of this high priest do, they see this Paul and what he's doing, and they're like, dude, we need to get in on that. Everybody thinks Paul's the greatest thing ever. Let's get in on some of that. Let's read that text. It's wonderful. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of, uh, of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, what that means is they got their clothes beat off of them. They got beaten naked, right? Which is 
funny. Verse 17, And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord was extolled. Now, that's, that's interesting because what they were doing is they were taking God's name in vain. They were wanting to use his name to promote themselves and diminish. They weren't worried about God's name being diminished, right? His character being diminished, his fame being diminished. It was about them. They wanted a little bit of the action. They wanted some attention. But notice the consequence of that. And if you, you in the book of Exodus, the third, the third command, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. In other words, you don't want to do that because God will declare you guilty. Verse 18 of Acts 19. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and pre prevail mightily. So the, the sons of Sceva, using God's name in vain, promote themselves diminish God's glory. The result of that is the demon put them in a figure four, beat them senseless, so much so they ran out naked. And then what's the result? Everybody's like, whatever you do, don't take God's name in vain. And the, and, and, and the word of the Lord spread. Isn't that awesome? There's a consequence to misusing, devaluing God's name. We see it here in Acts chapter 19. Also, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37 is a great text too. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Taking the Lord's name in vain. A majority of that is how, how we speak, right? Using God's name. But I think it also could be like speaking his name but associated with our lifestyle, like we said about the hypocrisy. Saying, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, but then you're not living, you're living like a heathen. People look at you, they realize you're a terrible person, you have no morals. Don't associate your life with God's name. They don't go together. They're opposite, right? So how do we apply this? How do we apply this third third command here. I'm moving kind of quickly. Y'all are doing great back there. How do we apply this? Well, well, firstly, we revere God and use His name rightly and use His name humbly. Right? We honor Him by the way we speak His name. I mean, think about it. We we pray that the Lord's Prayer, right? What is it? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May our lives represent you, Father, rightly to the world. May your name be hallowed in Tipton County, in, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our classrooms, in our homes. May we carry and represent you well. And that's what we, we do, right? We're his representatives. 
Jeff, you're, you're baptized. When you're baptized, you're baptized in what? You're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have his name attached to you. You are to represent him to the world. Yeah, when you were baptized, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, we're baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We represent him to the world. Let's do that well. May God's name be hallowed wherever we go. Remember Colossians 3.17 is a great verse to memorize. So if it's your application, let's memorize this verse. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And then the last thing is only Jesus, and I mentioned this earlier, only Jesus has lived his life completely obeying this command. Only Jesus has lived from the time he was born to the time he was put to death on the cross. And he never used God's name in vain. He's the only one. The rest of us will use God's name in vain one of these ways or other ways that I've mentioned. And so what, we're, we're in application part, right? So what does that mean? Well, if you're, if you're in sin, if you are you're a sinner and you've yet to trust Christ, you need to repent and, and trust Christ, work on the cross. You need his forgiveness. You need his righteousness. You need that commandment number three. You need that that part of Jesus' record where he kept that commandment completely. You need that imputed to you. The only way you get that is by repenting and trusting Christ. And for us who are saved, we recognize we, maybe you've recognized here, well, I do that. I never even thought about that, staking the name's Lord in vain. I just thought it was just, don't say GD. Don't, don't, OMG. Stay away from those those terms and that terminology and we're okay but I think it's broader than that I think it's I think it is maybe you're like yeah maybe I, I do that with my life well let's repent and let's turn from that if you're in Christ return recognizing that Jesus you did obey this command for me and I'm so thankful you obeyed the command for me I'm not condemned because of what you've done for me hallelujah praise the Lord right yeah let's be thankful to the Lord for all he's done First command, one God. Don't worship any gods. Only worship one. Second command, don't make any idols. Don't carve any idols. Right? Commandment three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. All right? All right, let's pray. Worship team, come on up. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing ourselves out of the building today. Anything else? Announcement-wise, anything we need to bow, anything we forgot? Let's pray and then stand up with us. We're going to sing one song. This will be our benediction. If you have kids in the children's church, when we're done, if you would, go get them, and then we'll chat a bit. But so glad you're here. If you've got a question about church, you're not sure if you know the Lord or not, talk about the gospel, talk about being condemned, God's enemy. If you're like, whoa, 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 I never heard that before. I'm kind of scared. Stay after. I'd love to talk to you about it. Love to talk to you about it, okay? If you got a question about it, you got a question about our church and how to be a part, you want to do be a part of the church or you want to do more in the church, 
We'd love to talk to you about that. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing. Father, we acknowledge that you're good, and you give us your scriptures, your word, and, man, it is so wonderful. It is sweeter than honey on the comb. But, Father, we don't always see it that way. Father, may you change our minds and our hearts to see your law and your word as being wonderful. Lord, we're thankful for revealing your will to us and your character to us. We're thankful for letting us know how we should live our lives and giving us prohibitions of things we shouldn't do. And Father, we're, we're sinful. You know that. And Lord, we're so prone to wonder and we're so easy to get in the flesh. God, that's why I'm so thankful for Jesus who never got in the flesh one time. He kept these laws completely, perfectly for us in our stead. Lord, may we leave here rejoicing. May all the believers in our church leave rejoicing because we focused on you, remembering what Christ has done, and we're, we're thankful for his work. Lord, we're not condemned because of what Christ has done. And Lord, we've kept the law because Christ kept the law. What a blessing. For those who need encouragement, encourage our hearts through the Spirit. And those who need conviction, bring conviction upon those who need it. Father, for those who are lost, we just pray that you would take this sweet gospel message and may it ring loud in their ears. May their, their, their ears, spiritual ears, hear it. May their spiritual eyes see it. May they today want to trust you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
tuning into our Sunday morning services at Beaver Baptist Church. We are currently studying the book of Exodus. If you have any questions about today's message, or would like more information about our church, call us at 901-837-2904. You can also visit our website at beaverbaptist.com.